Hello, and welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher, and we are back with more updates and corrections, because you've listened to every single one of our previous episodes. Mm -hmm, Actually, some of you have. There are people who have listened to them multiple times, especially because we fixed RSS feed, and a bunch of people got all the episodes onto their podcatchers (laughs) all over again. Sorry about that. Well, many thanks to Ian for fixing that. Yes, thank you. If you listened again, thank you. So, we'll hop right back in to our updates uh, and corrections from our previous episodes. If you haven't heard part one, I'd recommend listening to that first. And if you haven't listened to our show at all, this is not a good place to start. This is the worst place. Yeah, why are you listening to this one? At least go back one episode. Listen to an investigation. There you go. So Ross, do you remember when we did the summer of UFOs? That was a great summer. That was a great summer. That was this last summer. Well, we just wanted to give you guys a little bit of an update about what's going on in UFO world. Ooh, what's going on? Well, the Ozark Mountain people, the people who put on that conference in Arkansas, mm-hmm. they liked our episodes or at least liked them enough to share them on Facebook. Yeah, they kept leaving little positive likes and smiley faces. Yeah. And laughy emoticons. Yeah, they did say our coverage was a little tongue in cheek, but mm-hmm. they were really good sports about it. At least for the first few episodes. Yeah. They didn't say anything nasty after that, but they just stopped sharing it. After a while, they might have just been like, okay, we get it. This is enough episodes. Yeah. There's another contact in the desert coming up. We're already getting emails uh, telling us to sign up for that one. And this time it's going to be somewhere different. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Where's it going to be? Indian Wells. Where's that? Better be in the desert. I tell you what. I hope it's in a well. Conference venue. Let's see. Indian Wells is a city in Riverside County in the Coachella Valley, incorporated in 1967. It lies between Palm Desert and the resort town of La Quinta. It just seems like that'll have a very different feel to it than the one at the Institute of Mental Physics. Yeah. Which was not a big convention center. Yeah, this is like a big indoor convention. But Linda Moulton House going to be there, my girl. Really, it looks like the exact same lineup of people. Pretty close. But they're like, this is the year of disclosure. I don't know why last year wasn't. Oh, is this the year? This is the big one? (laughs) At least the way they advertise it when they want you to buy tickets. Uh, Interesting. Oh, you guys, you guys, if you want someone good to follow on Twitter, first of all... Corey Good? Uh, oh, different kind of good. good got it first of all follow us on twitter because we'll regularly retweet people who are part of our previous investigations mm-hmm. but also linda molten Howe on twitter oh, oh real fun I you bet never that's know what'll come out of her face for <laughs> i bet that's a great forum for linda molten Howe. yeah she's very enjoyable you can find her at earth files on twitter all right also Apparently, in 2007, Senator Harry Reid initiated a secret Pentagon program to investigate flying objects we didn't understand. Because one of his buddies is a big billionaire, Robert Bigelow. That's one of his big pet projects. Okay. And I think he talked him into it. I'm reading an article here by Seth Shostak. Ooh, my favorite astronomer at SETI. And he says that the program ran for five years. It cost $22 million. That's good. That's good that they were investigating this stuff, but it doesn't tell us that they found much. And I guess they cut off the program officially, but it still just kind of runs in the background. 
mm-hmm. evaluating claims of mysterious objects. So yeah, that was a cool. big news item. Our government has kind of a, an X-Files for UFOs. Yeah, I think that's neat. Sure, as long as you're not putting too much money into it. $22 million. Hmm. 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 Yeah, on the scale of government programs, it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. But I, it is a lot of money. And I mean, there are reports worth looking into. Yeah. And they could lead to other things. And it's interesting because if the government weren't doing this, the UFO people would be like, aha, see, they don't want to investigate it. And since they are doing it, it's aha, see, because they know something's out there. Are you suggesting that this is not a falsifiable position? I'm suggesting that. <laughs> Little update on the Seventh-day Adventist front, our friends at Amazing Facts. Right after we talked to David Stewart, a good steward of his money, and probably a good steward in general. He, um, where's his wife from? Yeah, little known fact Ukraine. <laughs> okay, she makes the best Ukrainian potato salad. Yeah, it's just potato salad. I, remember, I, I said that around him, and he said, Oh, well, it's, it's not actually, Ukraine. yeah, we know. <laughs> so, af- so sweet. after we interviewed him, that was kind of our last word on Seventh day Adventism and amazing facts. He went out to dinner with my wife and son and I. We went to get Indian food, our favorite. And we had a great conversation. I kept thinking, oh, I wish we were recording this because I think even more we kind of got on the same page about a lot of things. But he was saying that he is deciding to stop doing the Amazing Facts circuit full time. Okay. And he's going to be teaching at a Seventh-day Adventist school. Okay, cool. But then during summers, he'll get back in the RV, go out and do the talks again. But he said that our investigation really did change a lot of his talking points. Oh, that's really sweet. Clearly, he's such a reflective person. Mm -hmm. You can tell he really internalized a lot of it and he's thinking it out. So we like Dave a lot. And I think that was one of my favorite episodes was when we got to talk with him. Yeah, we got a lot of really positive feedback from that too. We passed a lot of that along to David as well. Yep. How's your vegetarianism going? Oh, yeah, that's right. That is a Seventh-day Adventist update. It's been going great. We're almost to the year mark because I think it was January 29th that uh, I had my last regular meat meal. Occasionally, I'm in a situation where I'm with family or a guest somewhere and they Uh serve me meat. So I've had a, a few meat meals here and there, but now the vast exception to the rule and it's been great i've been feeling fine and congrats yeah and having a great time and then when people ask what made me turn vegetarian i tell them about seventh-day adventist church and amazing facts nice and my friend carrie if they're kooky beliefs (laughs) (laughs) so kooky oh Another big investigation we promised an update on was our Purium investigation. You were going to send a sample of your chai, what flavor? My uh, vanilla chai. Vanilla chai. Super meal L-O-V. Okay, L-O-V. Yes. What does that, that stand mean? I don't for? Know. Okay. Is it just supposed Lots to make you think of love? venom. I don't know. <laughs> so you sent it for analysis. I did. Just to jog everybody's memory, Purium had been sued by an environmentalist group for having too much lead in their product. And that was one of our red flags that, ooh, maybe we should test this. Yeah, because it's usually bad when you have lead in your food. That's correct. Especially a high amount of it. Yes. And then additionally, it made me super sick. You know, it made me vomit. So it's like, Mm -hmm. this is worth checking out. So we sent it away to a lab across the country. I want to say it was in Minnesota. Got the results back. So... In order to interpret these lab test results, I had to call on some microbiologists and some chemists. And you, our very generous listeners, responded 
uh, in, in force. So thank you for lending your expertise. Definitely. So we want to thank Lucas Trevino, Luke Gray, Katrina Vell, and Jamie Jensen. They helped so much to figure this stuff out. So, okay, starting with the least alarming things, the calories are a little low on the label. Yeah, it's actually a little more caloric than the container says. Uh-huh. So for that 44-gram serving, it says it's 190 calories. It's actually 240. Wow. Wait, wait. They said how much? 190. That's a big percentage mm-hmm. change. Yeah. One thing I learned whenever we say calories, we're referring technically to kilocalories. Yeah. yeah. Yep. For those of you who didn't know that. Now you know. There was a little disagreement about the arsenic, cadmium, aluminum, and mercury content and how close those are to the limits. Disagreement. Um, A little disagreement among our chemists because there aren't definite levels of safety and unsafety that were clearly being broached here. So I'm seeing arsenic 0.162 parts per million. Yep. Cadmium was 0.138 parts per million. Aluminum, 50.9 parts per million. And then mercury... Less than 0.025 parts per million. So we'll let that be a pass. I guess that's definitely less than a typical can of tuna. That's what Katrina said. That's right. Okay. The aerobic plate count. So this is where they look for little microbes in the product. Okay. I was just picturing these very flexible plates. (laughs) So looking at this, it was 1.4 times 10 to the fifth power you want to write that all out. And Lucas called this a slurry of microbes. Luke said that's definitely enough to cause illness Mm. if the microbes are deleterious ones. So the problem is it doesn't necessarily distinguish between good and bad microbes. But the only reason anyone could give why it would be this high is if they were intentionally adding probiotics. Interesting. So I went and looked at their website and was looking for probiotics. They have a different blend that is supposed to have probiotics, but this blend said nothing about it. Hmm. So we really don't know on that one. Now, is this like organic? Is it our organic arsenic? <laughs> yeah, is it actually is all organic. Organic cadmium? Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> Now, was there any organic lead? Yes. We'll get there in a second. Oh. So the yeast was within normal range, but the mold, two of our scientists said was high, and they both said this suggested poor sanitation and that they probably wouldn't drink it just based on the mold. Oh, interesting. I see for the aerobic plate count, the mold and the yeast, they're using a measurement of CFU per G. Yeah. So um, CFUs per gram. Yes. Looks like it's colony forming unit. Ah, okay. Okay. So that's all, you know, some good, some bad. But when we get to the lead part, we are definitely bad. Uh-oh. So the lead is at 136 parts per billion. Okay. The maximum for candy is 100 parts per billion. Oh, wow. Maximum for juice is 50 parts per billion. So almost three times that. Luke Gray said drinking as little as 45 grams of purium could put you above the daily recommended maximum lead consumption levels. And one drink is 44 grams. Oh, and you're doing this three times times a day. day. So three times a day, you're taking in the maximum amount of lead you were supposed to take in that day. Whoops. Yikes. And, you know, there's always going to be trace lead in the things that we eat in our environment, so you can't completely avoid it. Right. But yeah, yikes, that's not good. And the FDA is actually considering lowering the maximum daily intake. Okay. So right now, this would be like three times your maximum daily intake. Once they adjust that, it could be like five times your maximum daily intake. Okay. Really not good. 
So even one drink might be more than is safe. Okay. Yeah. Not, not good. So the general consensus was that our scientists we talked to wouldn't drink the product. The lead content is concerningly high. One issue is that this particular kind of product doesn't necessarily have a defined lead limit because it is not bottled water. It is not a candy. So that might be how they're working around this. But clearly, if you drink enough of it, you are drinking a dangerous amount. Gotcha. And I loved this. Jamie Jensen said, to summarize, the Perium product exceeds federally established safe consumption thresholds. I'd be pretty hesitant to consume it. Too long didn't read? Yikes. <laughs> and then Luke Gray added that you should definitely never give this to children. Oh, wow. So I went and got my blood level tested with my doctor. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, this did not affect me too quickly because my levels are still below the detectable threshold. So. Glad to hear it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Knock on wood. So I did report this sample to the FDA. We'll okay. Let you know if anything happens. A little report on my weight loss from it. I, you know, mm -hmm. I did feel that I lost weight and I kept it off, I'd say, for over two months where my baseline had really shifted and gone down. And then I stopped running for a while and I ate a lot over the holidays mm -hmm. and I went back to where I was before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the holidays, come on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, getting back on the program. It's a new year. <laughs> You're getting boring some more Perium. Not that program. <laughs> did you end up getting a refund for yours? I did not. Okay. I did. Hey. Hey. But Ross. Oh, hey, Carrie. Ooh. S something's happening. Something exciting. This episode's sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace? Yeah, the website platform host site monkey. Where you can purchase a space to put your online presence for your business, for yourself, for yeah. whatever you're interested in. Maybe you want to have a blog. Maybe you want to have one of those recipe blogs where you're like, you know, my husband and I were going ice skating and I broke my foot and God, the winter's crazy. And then like 15 paragraphs later, you're like, anyway, here's a recipe for chocolate. Whatever your cool idea is, turn it into a website with Squarespace. There are plenty of templates. They're all designed by world-class designers. You can make it beautiful. And onopodcast.com has been on Squarespace many a year now. Low these many years. Low these many years. You can promote your physical business, your online business there. It's got just all sorts of applications. And it doesn't matter whether you're amazing at website design or this is the first website you've ever made. Right. They will help you through it. But if you're a pro, then you can just go into the super dinky uh, high class tools and do it yourself. Yeah, it's as customizable as you want it to be. And it's got mobile optimized templates, so you don't have to worry about that. It's got e-commerce functionality built in so you can sell things. Built in search engine optimization with powerful analytics to see your traffic. And you're probably thinking, okay, okay, but can I chat with someone anytime? What if I'm like, I'm trying to build this site about how Ella Poppy's the cutest and I'm having trouble getting a big enough picture of her on there? You know, it's a common piece of feedback. And did you know there is 24-7 support? You can call in anytime and talk to somebody. Oh, my goodness. Get help. And it is award-winning customer support. Award-winning. Probably a Pulitzer. So... Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, only then you use the offer code OHNO, O-H-N-O, one word, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com and enter code OHNO. I'm not sure if it's case sensitive, but yeah, put it in all caps. 
So how about Forerunner Ministries? Remember them? Big update. The world did end. <laughs> just as they said it would on September 23rd, I think it was. Shit. I, you know, I totally missed that. Oh, no. You see, you got to put these things on your calendar. <laughs> no, they weren't saying it was going to be the end of the world, but nothing but happened as far as we could tell. they not saying that. <laughs> they weren't not to be with what to be not. Oh, it would have been fun to go there after that announcement of Trump moving the embassy to Jerusalem. Oh, I bet they're yeah. really excited about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. Have you heard anything from them? I haven't heard anything directly from them, but my friend who we mentioned who goes to that church. Yes. I've seen him around my area a bit mm-hmm. again. Whereas before he was just up by the church and it seemed like he was devoting all his time to that. Right. Back in town a little bit. Now that the man child's been born. Right. He can go back home. And he did send me an email asking me if I wanted life insurance. So I think he might be back to his regular work schedule. And did you buy life insurance from him? I didn't. Okay. (laughs) Almost ironic getting life insurance from someone who feels the end of the world is imminent. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? (laughs) So how about Flat Earth Ross? Well, my cousin... Is still very much an active flat earther. Cool. I spent a lot of time after we released our podcast going back and forth with her trying to convince her that the world is spherical. I'm currently working with the independent investigations group to devise a good test that would demonstrate the curvature of the earth or, or not. not. And uh, invite hopefully our flat earth friends to join us and help proctor the oh that would be great the test so that's still in progress right now the protocol involves a very powerful laser and i'm trying to find a good way to focus it because there's a little bit too much divergence on this particular one how about you any updates well you and i are officially shells Oh, are we? fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who called us shills? Oh, my God. So many people on Twitter. Oh, cool. So many. Yes. I don't know if you heard about this, but we are being- Wait, when do we get the check? I know. We're being paid by the government, but they must not have our addresses correct Mm. because I haven't gotten a single check. Man, this shill business. (sighs) I know. Then, as well, we found out that Mark Sargent, who we interviewed- who also um, gets called a shill. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. Okay. He, he is apparently just a plant by the government mm. because the government's trying to discredit Flat Earth. Oh, so that he makes them sound ridiculous. Yeah, which is, by the way, he's kind of the strongest guy you've got. Yeah. So this doesn't make sense I'd get to behind me. him if I were, I don't know. Well, you heard our discussion with him. This is one of those investigations where we got a lot of people on both sides telling us, oh, you know, you were great. It was a great conversation. And other people saying you didn't go hard enough on him. Right. A lot of people and telling us. And then some people telling us we went too hard on them. Oh, yes. And a lot of people telling us that they just couldn't listen to the whole episode. Right. But most people were, you know, very much still congratulatory saying, hey, glad you did it, but I just personally can't listen to this. Right. And then other people who said like, this is my favorite episode. This is so cool. So listen, you can't please everybody. We we still haven't wrapped up our Flat Earth investigation because we've been trying to get another good guest speaker just to explore it a little more before we do our our ratings. But yeah, if you want to follow Flat Earthers on Twitter, it is a quick way to get trapped in a bunch of arguments. You know, I did read the book, The Hollow Earth, was it you who got I that gave for you me? That. Yeah, yeah, for okay. your birthday. I thought so. Thank you. I, You're welcome. I read that uh, the last book of 2017 that I read, <laughs> and oh, what a riot! Yeah, yeah, it's it's really making the case. This was back in 1964. It was released that there are holes at the poles of the Earth, so that oh. no polar explorer has ever truly reached the North or the South Pole because they don't exist. Uh-huh. There's just these gaping, and they're huge. 1,400 miles 
in diameter. Yeah, somehow we've missed this. And so if you approach the edge of the earth, you'll just like kind of go over the edge and you'll enter the inside interior. So now I'm picturing like a forward C and a backward C. Yeah, you got it. So there's how are they staying together if there's hole at the top and the bottom? Oh, because it's like a torus, like a donut shape, essentially. Oh, right. So that's like a ring, essentially. So it's one piece like a ring. Got it. Got it. But it or like a bead on a bracelet. You know, like if you put like a little bead charm, but that's got the hole for the string. Yeah, that would be a closer shape to it. And so you go over that lip, gravity's going to hold you against that inside surface of the ring, the Taurus. And now you'll find other advanced societies, and that's where UFOs come from. Oh, sure. They're built over there, and they happen to be people who'd escaped from Atlantis and Lemuria. Oh, love of God. Yeah, and there's an interior sun that's just a weaker sun, but that's how all the planets were formed. And so there's the sun inside, and that's why we have the Northern Lights, because it's just that interior sun shining out through the clouds and the inside of the Earth out That's th- kind of a lovely idea. through the hole in the opening. Sure. Are you going to see the Northern Lights? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, going, going to, to Iceland. Iceland in February. Very cool. Okay, well, huh? Silly stuff. Uh, <laughs> one of the most commonly sent articles we've ever gotten from our listeners are articles about Rocket Man. Rocket Guy. Yeah, Mad, Mad Mike. Mike Hughes. So Mad Mike was supposed to go up in a rocket and look down at the Earth and see if he saw the curvature. And he was going far less high than a commercial airliner. So there, yeah, so there'd what, be no way what? he could even see the curvature of the earth. Bless his heart. So he had this planned, but it didn't go according to plan. He wasn't able to do his launch. Yeah, once it got all this attention, the local authority said, hey, you should have gotten a permit to do this. You mm. didn't tell us you were going to do this. Well, I emailed him oh. and I said, hey, yo, uh, what's hey, this? Hey, Mad Mike. Mad Mike, when's this happening? And he just wrote me back today. Oh, because you'd conversed with him a bit and he'd given you like nebulous answers. You'd ask him, where and when is this happening? Yeah. So he'd tell you when it might be happening. Right. That kind of thing. Well, he says, it looks like a vertical launch the day before the Super Bowl and it will air live on Noise TV, N-O-I-Z-E TV. So I asked him if I could show up. It sounds like he probably doesn't want me to. But as soon as we get more information on the actual time this is happening the Mm -hmm. day before the Super Bowl. We'll find that out and we'll share it with y'all. And just for reference, Shaquille O'Neal turns out he was just goofing about the flat earth. Yeah, he's just a big goof. Doesn't actually believe that the earth is flat because we'd mentioned him briefly right? when we were naming celebrities who are into the flat earth thing. Okay, Ross. Hey. What correction do you think we've gotten more than any other... In the last, well, besides SWAT. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the last four months. Maybe crevasse versus crevice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. You know, actually, I think this was mainly an editing thing. Issue. Yeah, yeah, where I, think it might be. I was trying to edit out like a stray noise or something. Because we edit our episodes pretty heavily to remove ums and ahs and pauses and keep Make the conversation this a lovely going. experience for you. Whenever we stop for a helicopter to fly overhead, it's LA. And it happens a lot. We just did it. (laughs) Just now. And so I I think there had been some background noise or something. So I cut down our discussion of crevasse and crevice. But the whole point of our discussion was that we used to be confused by the difference between them. 
I remember watching a Noah's Ark documentary. My sister and I were all excited about evidence for Noah's Ark. Mm -hmm. And they mentioned crevasse Mm -hmm. over and over. And we thought, oh, this is hilarious. And so we're like, oh, they don't know how to say crevice. But we looked it up. And the whole reason we told the story is because it was an example of something that we used to be confused about. But now we understand those are two separate terms. A crevasse is like a a glacial formation, you know, like a deep fissure, essentially. And then a crevice can be any kind of right. hole or even cubby or, or like small space. Or like the space between your chair and the wall. I drop the quarter down in this crevice and yeah. how do I fish it back up? And so we got so many emails. So much emails, you guys. Just telling us about the difference between crevasse and crevice. So yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. But now the world will know the difference between crevasse and crevice and They're can- both words. canvas and, and canvas <laughs> with two S's and an E. Ah, here's another update from the UFO world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Linda Moulton Howe had mentioned in one of the panels at Contact in the Desert that we should really look into Alternative 3. And the, Sounds familiar, but I, there were so many terms thrown out there. She was talking about it with David Wilcock, and it was in reference to what will happen once we kind of deplete all our resources on the Earth, or if we get attacked from space, what do we do? Mm. So alternative one, shoot, now it's getting hazy, but there was like a plan to kind of hide everybody underground, and there was a plan to colonize space. But alternative three was this you know, one particular option. And so she said, guys, you should read this. And so a lot of people wrote to inform us that this was started as a, a hoax, like a purposeful hoax and a silly thing. Mm. It was a BBC documentary that was released in 1977, same year as Star Wars. Mm. And it was going to be released on April 1st. That was the original plan. Yeah. But there was there was some kind of delay, and they didn't release it till June 20th. It was shown just once in England, and a lot of people took it seriously and kind of freaked out. But there was this news story about scientists disappearing, all for this secret program. And they were talking about faking the moon landing and other probes and exploratory satellites. And so... That's kind of what started this whole hubbub, got a lot of reaction. And then did they not release it on April 1st? They released it later? Yeah, it didn't come out till June 20th. There were credits afterwards, and you could see who the actors were. So it was, there were a lot of clear indicators. It's like the people who still think the Blair Witch Project was real. Right, right. So there there was no reason not to understand, ah, this is a hoax. Mm -hmm. So... Some people got the joke, some people didn't. But then there was a book that came out later that said that a lot of things in the, you know, quote unquote hoax documentary were actually oh, true. Yes, and so of that's what Linda Moulton Howe was trying to point us to. But it, it is very entertaining. So if any of you want to look up Alternative 3, it's a hoot. That sounds a lot like Chariot of the Gods, how Eric von Zonneken was like, yeah, at first I thought this was fiction, but then everyone started pointing out how it really could have been what happened. And now I'm persuaded that it is. Oh. You made it up in your own head. <laughs> it also reminds me of Ghost Watch. That was another BBC hoax documentary, but it was taken so seriously that a lot of people got really freaked out. Oh. Yeah, it was the same sort of thing where they had actors and credits, and it should have been kind of clear that it wasn't real, but a lot of people didn't get that. Another update, Unsolved Mysteries is now on Amazon Ooh. Prime streaming. Yeah. Drew and I have been watching it. It's been a very good time. That'd be a good TV show, Solved Mysteries. 
Well, they kind of do that in Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, they they do follow up every now and then. They do like an updates and corrections episode like we're doing right now. Would you like me to blow your mind? Yes, please. My mom solved an Unsolved Mystery. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, uh, about a fake psychic. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I never saw it again on the show, and I've lived with the narrative that my mom Mm, solved it, and I hope it's true, but I was a kid. But we went to a psychic down the street when I was a kid, and then later we saw this episode about a psychic swindler who would steal everybody's money. Oh. And my mom saw the woman's picture, and she was like, that's the woman down the street. Oh, my goodness. And I was too little. I was probably like eight, and I just didn't remember what (sighs) that lady looked like. And I was like, are you sure? And she said, I'm positive. I'm positive. And she called and she told them. And I remember hearing them on the other end saying, what, she's still a psychic? Because they just assumed she would move on to something else. Oh, and that's your shtick. No, no, like she's down the street. Then that place did close up. So I just thought like, okay, cool. And now we'll see on Unsolved Mysteries about how my mom solved the mystery. But we never saw it again. The follow-up? So Uh, it's possible that this is all just a coincidence and the psychic moved. But I don't want to believe that. I want to believe my mom solved an Unsolved Mystery. Your mom's a hero. She is. She also wrote Warren Buffett and saved (laughs) Christmas tins. tins. (laughs) Did we say that on our I don't know. That's true. Okay, guys. Just fall in love with my mom. So she (laughs) also loves... Seas Candy Tins. Seas Candy is like a candy store that I don't think is in every state. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was raised with it in my town. Us in too. Santa Cruz. Okay. So they always decorate everything with black and white decor. Like the floor yes. is always a black and white checkerboard. Very cute and like looks early 20th century. Mm-hmm. So my mom always really loved their tins. At Christmas, they had pretty tins. At Easter, they had pretty tins. You get it. But then at some point, they cut costs and they got rid of the tins and put everything in paper boxes. Okay. Well, my mom was very sad about this. And Warren Buffett had just bought C's candy. So she found Warren Buffett's email and emailed him and was like, I'm Katie. You got to bring the tins back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Warren Buffett wrote back and was like, you know what? I really loved those tins too. Let's make it happen. And then the tins came back. Now again, is it possible that the tins were already on the way back and Warren Buffett's very sweet and was like, I'm going to tell this woman in Wisconsin that she wrote the tins back? That's possible. But I like to think that my mom solved an unsolved mystery and brought back C's candy tins. (laughs) That's what I choose to believe. Yeah. yeah. I love it. That reminds me of the life of Pi where the whole proof of God is that it's a better story. Uh, I'm sorry. I just spoiled Life of Pi for anybody who hasn't <laughs> seen it. watched it or read the book. I did both. Oh, and, wow. And I, I came away thinking, oh, this is kind of insulting to believers because it's essentially <laughs> just saying, that's eh, the better story. Then that's yeah. the proof of God that it offers. I haven't seen or read it. Anyway, my mom's great. So tell me about Scientology. Oh, yeah. Going back to Scientology a little bit. In Scientology episode six, I think I was giving reference to a sound or something, and I said it sounded like the hydraulic hissing on a roller coaster. Mm. And then everybody let us know, no, it's pneumatic hissing. Because if you hear hydraulic hissing, you've got a bigger problem. That's not how roller coasters work. So there you go. They run by air, not liquidy fluids. Uh, Air is also a fluid. Don't write me about that, please. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm so glad you cleared that up. It's really been bothering me. <laughs> we got a lot of emails about that. Oh, did we? I don't remember those ones. Uh, maybe it wasn't a lot. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, now Tony Robbins. You may re- recall from a very recent investigation. Hold on, let me clap like Tony Robbins. Do you oh, hear it? Yeah, well, I can see you doing it, but your hands aren't connecting. Oh, two things about Tony Robbins, actually. So a listener was very smart and sent us a link to an article where Tony Robbins explains the hand clapping. Yes. And it's not that someone asked him about it. It just happens to come up. But he said that when he used to clap, he would clap so hard. It was just too intense? Yeah, that his hands would bleed. He hurt himself, yeah. So now he just claps so that only the upper part of his palms Kind of like, yeah, like the balls the, of the your... balls, yeah. Yeah. Pad, maybe you'd say. Yeah. You'd say balls of your feet if it was the same part of the anatomy right, there. Right, where your fingers meet your hand. The opposite side of your knuckles. And I kept thinking like, well, then you're just concentrating the energy in one spot. That seems worse. But anyway, it seems to check out. I think this is what's happening. I've watched now a few of his videos in slow-mo, and it looks like sometimes it makes connection and sometimes it doesn't. But Uh yeah, it seems like he's really trained himself to get the hands close to each other and either just barely touching or not touching. Yeah. Also about Tony Robbins, we mentioned that he says the phrase, Burn the boat. If you want to stay on the island, burn the boat. And I think we did say... Which is Carrie's new mantra. She's put it up on her wall. (laughs) I've tattooed it on my body. I think we did say he didn't originate this phrase, but someone told us where it's from. It is from The Art of War. And the original quote is, when your army has crossed the border, you should burn your boats and bridges in order to make it clear to everybody that you have no hankering after home. Nice. Not as pithy, but same idea. Thank you, Sun Tzu. And thank you, Ron Levine, for uh, telling us that bit of info. On the Raelian front, we haven't really heard anything back from them, except that I get about, I'd say on average, five emails a day from the Raelians. But otherwise haven't heard from them. Nope, not a a peep. (laughs) Except Uh, for their constant contact. There's this rail science newsletter Mm -hmm. and pretty much any article that they see that has anything to do with evolution not being true, global warming being a hoax, anything to do with cloning Mm -hmm. or neuroscience or just advances in astronomy, anything to do with UFOs, just a wide variety of science topics, but especially ones that are kind of slanted towards their interests, they will send on this newsletter. I tried to unsubscribe to it years ago. <laughs> they kept sending it. So I just get yeah, emails from the Raelians. And it's always this moment of, okay, that sounds like an interesting headline. Is this credible or is this not? And it's oh, right. it's a real exercise in kind of looking at the source and how well researched it is because they pick it from wherever their newsfeed is leading them. But every now and then, Rael himself, the Maitreya, will have a little commentary that he'll include on that email. I follow a few of their accounts on social media. And I also happened to stop by their blog at some point in the last few months. And there was some really like Scientology E stuff about cutting off people who are negative about oh, your yes. group. I remember you sending that to yeah, me. Yeah. It was like, you know, if someone has been in the group but left or is negative about the group, like you need to not talk to them. Is it, it was like a little more extreme than I'm used to. Would you say it was Scientologesque? Yes, I would. Scientology don't. <laughs> so. On the email front, I also still get emails from the OTO. They oh, really? S- yeah, they send me updates to my Rob Denman email, <laughs> letting oh, me know boy. when they're having Gnostic masses or particular meetups. And now I'm always just a little tempted, like, oh, I wonder if I could show up to one of these. All are welcome. Well, Ross, I'm loving talking about this, but you know what else I love? 
Uh, I've known you to be a big fan of dogs. Yes. Particularly elderly dogs. Oh, yeah. You like the Disney World Park. You got That's to go true. there. I got to go there recently. Ago. That was pretty cool. Uh, Carousel of Progress. And the o- only other thing I can think of that you like, well, Dick Van Dyke. Ah. Uh, but you're also a big fan of quality audio entertainment. Exactly. That's what I was trying oh, to that, lead you to more. Is that what you were thinking of? Amazing. Yes. Yeah, I just love those shows for Max Fun. Oh, man. Well, especially this one. Hey, everyone. Freddie Wong. Matt Arnold. And Will Campos. Here to tell you about Story Break, a writer's room podcast where every week we, the Hollywood geniuses behind Video Game High School, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an awesome movie. Thrill as we weave the tragic tale of Jar Jar, a Star Wars story. We're going to double down on everything that made the prequels great. Jar Jar, (laughs) trade federation, (laughs) politics. Gasp as we assemble a pantheon of heroes for the Kellogg Cinematic Universe. We could get rid of Snap, Crackle, Pop. I wouldn't even miss them. You're crazy. They die in the second. Oh, come on. (laughs) And join us as we make fun of Matt as he struggles to name a single Beyonce song. Well, yeah, put a finger on it. Sure, she wants to be Beyonce. Put a finger on it. Beyonce's (laughs) famous song. Will we break the story? Or will the story break us? Find out by joining us in the writer's room every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. That's my favorite one. Great show. Probably. Well, you know what else we need to update people on? Oh, you know what? I think we told everybody that we'd follow up on Yield Flex Belt. Yes. Because you submitted a FOIA. Yeah, FOIA request. Freedom of Information Act That's request. That's right. So here's what done happened. So the Flex Belt claims that it's FDA cleared and it makes a big deal about this. Yeah. Even if you go to the Amazon page for it, it says the Flex Belt Ab Belt Workout, FDA cleared to tone firm and strengthen the abdominal muscles. And we really wanted to know what this meant. Does that mean that the product was found to be safe by the FDA? Or does it mean that it was found to do the thing it is supposed to do? Right. Namely, make me toned and hot. We got some really helpful feedback from people about this. That there's a difference between, say, drugs and things that you ingest and how the mm-hmm. FDA treats those. And products like the Flex Belt and how the FDA certifies or or treats those. So if it's something that's comestible, if it's a food object, if it's drugs, uh, then you need to seek actual approval and they'll test it to make sure that it's not going to cause harm, that it's appropriately labeled for dosage and efficiency and and warnings and all of that. But when it comes to products like these, they're not actually testing to see if they work. Unless you ask them to. But for something like this, essentially all it's telling you is that it's not going to kill you. So we just wanted to see, did they also submit evidence that their thing works? Because, I don't know, It's if they didn't, it seems a little kooky to say FDA cleared to tone firm and strengthen the abdominal muscles. Technically correct, but I feel like it's a little, a little shady. Oh, absolutely, because you're definitely insinuating with that phrase that the FDA looked at it to see, ooh, can you lose weight? Can yeah, you yeah, get yeah. strong abs with this? And they did not. They did not, exactly. So They did not. <laughs> Sorry, that's a the room reference. Uh, yeah, I caught it. Okay. You're I'll tearing t- me apart, Flex Belt. <laughs> I'll tell you how to submit a FOIA in a second, because we've got a few questions about that. But here's the result of our request. We got a bunch of pages back of their application to the FDA. Buried within it, found this little section that says there was no clinical data submitted with this application. So there you have it. There you go. <laughs> there are no trials. There is no right evidence that was sent to the FDA for this approval. As far as its efficacy does appear to be safe, though. 
So a few people asked us, we mentioned, you know, before that we were going to send this FOIA and we got a couple emails saying like, how do you send a FOIA? FOIAs are actually super simple. Any government agency is subject to FOIA. It's basically any information that we own because we are taxpayers. You do have to be American and it has to be an American agency. I don't know how it works anywhere else. But yeah, you can look up standardized FOIA letters online. There's a bunch of them. You just fill in the blank information about what it is you want. And basically, you write to that agency and you say, under the Freedom of Information Act, I'm requesting this information. And if that information is proprietary or if it would harm the country or the world to give it out, Mm -hmm. like you say, I want government secrets, then they'll redact that part of it before they send it to you. And the documentation they sent you for Flexbot was heavily redacted. (laughs) It was redacted. They said a few things were proprietary. Whatever, guys. So, yeah, it's pretty simple to do. I've sent a number of FOIAs. They do take a long time to come home, but they eventually come back to you. Excellent. You gave away your flex belt at our live show. Oh, yes, at our UCB live show. Yeah. Yes. And I gave mine to my friend Charles. <laughs> How's he doing? Uh, you know, super I think tone, his, super flex. Think his, think his abs are swell. You know, I don't, <laughs> it's a good question. I haven't asked. Yeah, you should ask. Otherwise, he's doing great. Good, good, good. Well, I'm sure as soon as we stop recording this, we will think of 20 other things we mm-hmm. could have told you. Uh, But we'll try to do this every now and then just to give you updates on where we're at. My inbox alone is such a testimony to all of our prior investigations Mm -hmm. because we get so many messages and so many newsletters that we've signed up for. There are things that are upcoming that we can't tell you about just yet. And there are a couple follow-ups that will be pretty exciting, I think, in the future. Mm -hmm. So yeah, keep on listening. I have 504 unread emails in my OnRack inbox, Ross. Oh, wow. Well, that's pretty good. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's better than me. We get a ton of email and we try our best to respond when we can. We will not respond to everyone. I'm sorry. Yeah, we do our darndest. We really do. Yeah, we have investigation ideas to last us for... Forever. (laughs) Yeah, for as long as we can do this podcast. So we're not hurting for ideas. Yeah. Let's just say that. If you're just dying to tell us, if you just can't stand it, go ahead. But just know (laughs) our list is currently, I think it's 13 pages. It's nine point font, single spacing. (laughs) If we just stopped, if we said no more suggestions and just went from here forward, we could go until our deaths. And usually whenever someone does send us an investigation, especially one we haven't heard of yet, then it takes time to look it up, figure out what's going on with it, whether it's near us and we could go to it. So anyways, there's just a lot of time attached to that. But you know what? We love to hear from you, so give it a go. We especially love hearing from you when you tell us fun stories about owls you've encountered in the (laughs) wild or how you met your significant other through our podcast or how it has brought you together or how we've helped you. We love hearing all the stories from people and how we've been part of your lives. It's really cool to hear. So thanks to all of you for all the support and encouragement over these years. And thanks to everyone who shares with us like really tender stories about going through hard times and how we got to help them through it. That's a real honor. Yeah, that means a lot. Well, I guess that's it for our updates. Hey, okay. Well, uh, we'll keep doing more investigations and we'll update you again. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our editor is Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support us and make what we do possible by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Put in a monthly donation there and let them know you listen to Ono, Ross, and Carrie. And you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash onrack. 
And who boy, you'll get pictures. We'll get videos. You'll get friends. Absolutely. You can also follow us on Twitter at Oh No Podcast. And you can leave us a positive review at iTunes or Stitcher or at your friend's mailbox. You can just slip in a little note telling them about Oh No, Ross and Gary. And then saying that you look through their window at night. And remember. Here, exactly 10 years later, Neil Armstrong landed. But our researches show another pattern of landings. On the far side of the moon, the dark side, the side hidden from us here on Earth. Are we to assume that this remarkable grouping of American and Soviet landings is mere coincidence? When we returned to Cambridge and presented Dr. Carl Gerstein with the information we'd so far acquired, he finally agreed to speak on record about Alternative 3. We had agreed at the Huntsville Conference that there was nothing we could do to cut either world population or the consumption of resources essential for survival on Earth. Alternative three was a much more limited option. It was an attempt to ensure that at least some of the human race survived the consequences. We were theorists, not technicians, but we realized we were talking about a kind of space travel which had only appeared in scientific fiction so far. What, you mean go to some other planet I mean, get the hell off this one whilst there's still time. Are stacks of unread books taking over your apartment? Do you constantly miss your train stop because you're caught up in reading? I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We party hard. And by party hard, we mean read books. So join us every Thursday on Reading Glasses, a maximum fun podcast about reading and book culture. Get more out of your reading life. We'll help you conquer your to-be-read pile. Get out of that book slump. And squeeze more reading time into your busy day. Learn Learn how to read better. better. Wow, that was good. (laughs) MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.